The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as co-host, as always, we've got Fishing Rick. Mate, Flinny is back. He's back. You little I'm rubber. excited. Love it. The Flynnmeister. And I love the rumour on the boards this week about the, uh, who was it that got to put on the long-term injury list? Heath. Yes. And the rumour that uh, maybe Heath uh, might have been on there for Flinny to be upgraded, even if it is a bit of a pipeline. What a fantastic dream that could be. I'd love to see him running around in power colours. No, he's too tall. Wouldn't get a game. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be our new ruck. That's it. And back on the podcast, we got Schultz and Fest. Howdy. How's little romping wins going? He's going well. Yeah, he's uh, having a bit of a sleep at the moment, so he's doing the doing a good thing. <laughs> let me let me podcast, so that's good. All right. Well, let's get into it, boys. How are we feeling about this week? Flat. Flat. Flated. Tired. Oh, you're talking about Port Adelaide. I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> Good on you. All <laughs> uh, right, now, Port, well, I think we should be feeling quite confident, shouldn't we? Equals, equals set, second on the ladder. I'm confident. What about you, boys? I'm glad we're playing Richmond. That's yep. all I can say. I reckon the boys are going to be spitting bullets this week. They're going to be very angry, very focused, and... Uh, and I actually think that maybe not playing at Adelaide Oval might be a good thing for them this week. Well, look, let's talk about a, a couple of uh, a couple of our players first. Cam O'Shea is playing his 50th game this week. Um, big old Cam O'Shea. How do we feel about that? He's uh, taking a little bit of a time to get there, um, but it's great to have him back in the side again. I'm surprised he's played that many, to be honest. I didn't think of him as being around that long. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I was, I was a bit surprised to think that he's played the third of the games that Westhoff has is, uh, yeah, quite deceptive. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have picked that a, from a mile away. But no, it's a great achievement for him, and hopefully he can get another fifty games on the board and uh, get his name on the locker. And obviously, uh, Big Westhoff is one hundred and fiftieth game. A great performance. I feel like he's been around for two hundred and fifty. <laughs> It feels like he's been around forever. It's bizarre. It does, doesn't it? Well, hopefully he steps up to the plate this year. Absolutely. How have we seen his career? Obviously, he burst onto the scene in 2007. He's been a bit of a mainstay up forward ever since. He's uh, he's developed his game so much to become so much more than just a, a second or third tall forward. I think his career is exactly why we need to give players like Butcher more of a chance, because... Westoff was had half the board wanting him delisted when he was Butcher's age, and now he's one of our first pick players. So, yep. sort of had the same one good first year, then stagnated a bit. But then you just keep playing these guys, and something clicks, and they become good players. I'm a bit of a harsh marker on uh, old Westy. I uh, I think he, uh, you know, he's a good player. He's a flexible player. Uh, I still see. I still think there's some, some chinks in his game, 
he seems to, uh, you know, especially with his goal kicking, crumble under pressure when he's uh, under, you know, in front of goals, and uh, he seems to disappear for patches in in a season. And you know, I'd I'd hope for a lot more from him, especially now as an experienced player. But um, you know, he's forged a uh, strong career, and we just need to forget about 09 to 2012. But He's not the only player on our list that could probably forget about that period of time either, really. Yeah, I mean, inconsistency probably plagued his first few seasons outside of his first season. Um, But the thing I really like is that because he's not all that bulky and strong, he's really had to work on being a lot clever, a lot more clever than his opponents to to win the ball, to take the marks. He's fantastic in his positioning. Um, And as we know, he's got such a great contested mark. Absolutely, I think if I, if we if we're looking for the positives with Justin, uh, I love his versatility, and uh, and I think as we've talked and spoken about with in ad nauseum, his versatility means that really he's our third toll and not our second toll, and 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 we keep bashing on about it ever on a weekly basis. Um, hence the reason we probably need that uh, second toll forward in the side to sort of maximise. Uh, uh, Justin's potential in the team. But for me, it's his versatility and being able to just move anywhere along the ground, especially in modern football. It's a massive weapon now. Yeah. I think him and Trengove's uh, flexibility is the reason we've been able to be so successful despite playing one less tall than what a lot of people want because the fact that they can both play anywhere on the ground, they're sort of like a tall and a half each. They're like three talls between the two of them. I think there's, and I, I don't know, I'm starting to go down the line that you can almost have too many midfielders in a side as well. Um, you know, there's only so much ball to be got, so to speak. And, uh, you know, so there's always going to be a midfielder that's missing out in getting the ball. And therefore, are you better off having that another influential tool, perhaps, um, which might get the same amount of possessions as the worst midfielder, but might influence the scoreboard a little bit more or influence the game and another presence. This week, it's round 17. It's going to be at uh, Docklands Stadium on Sunday. Uh, we've got a 14-9 win-loss record against uh, Richmond. And the last time we met was a 50-point loss at Amy Stadium last year. Um... Selection boys, uh, a few dramas this week. Yeah, tell me, what happened, Macca? Um, still no tolls. We're going in small. Is it, uh, is it that surprising? <laughs> Hampson's list isn't in, so that would be Rewalt, Vickery and Hampson. Two of them yep. are basically Ruckman-sized, and they're going to have Tom Jonas and Cam O'Shea playing on them. Yeah. I've got no doubt it's... that Hampson will play to uh, try and stretch our defence. Does Hampson actually count? <laughs> good question. Well, I don't know. He's a very, very good ruckman. Um, his form up forward has been a bit hit and miss over the years. But... Are we talking about the Hampson that used to play for Carlton? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you put good and ruckman in the same sentence? <laughs> if you actually look at his statistics, Rick, he, uh, he's been a leader in the competition in hit-outs to advantage for the last few years. It's just yeah, every getting... other aspect of football is not much good at. Absolutely. He can't mark and he can't kick. But outside of that, <laughs> his, his tap work is actually fantastic. Getting five hit-outs a game and hitting them to advantage isn't really a, uh, <laughs> isn't a key statistic. I, do, I don't know. I'm, only, I'm being facetious now. Yeah. I'm, 
um, yeah. I mean, look, I can see why they're doing it. And I was surprised Essendon didn't try against us last week, but obviously uh, they still came up trumps anyway. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd... I don't think it doesn't have the same uh, bang, I guess, for me. Um, Hampson, Vickery, and Rewalt. I mean, two of those players aren't really in great form anyway. And Rewalt, you don't know what's going to happen. But I think the key for us is uh, the midfield battle once again, isn't it? Stop the supply, and uh, we should be right. Yeah, when you play a structure like this, you absolutely have to win the midfield. The whole thing relies on you being able to get clean delivery into your 50 and stopping them from getting clean delivery into their 50 because if Vickery and Hampson may not be stars, but if they're 10 centimetres taller than their direct opponent and they get the ball delivered in the right spot, there's not much we can do about it. If we if we strip out the last four weeks of our form, even though the Sydney game was great, Melbourne, uh, the Bulldogs were quite serviceable. Um, last week we just won in, in pretty strange conditions. Uh, for Adelaide, uh, our season form has been, we've been averaging 109 points before last week. So thinking of we're going back to an enclosed stadium with pristine conditions, um, you'd think that would have to be right in our element to, uh, to again, sort of hit our average of at least 100 points a game. Uh, can Richmond compete on the scoreboard with that? Is the uh, is the million dollar question? But I would be thinking that we're gonna we're gonna be banking at least a hundred points this game coming up. Well, we want to play this uh, this fast uh, rugby style footy, um, a lot of quick movement through the midfield, and this is probably the game where we want to see that. You know, on a what's going to be a dry track, what's going to be a fast track at Etihad Stadium. Um, you know, we we tried to play that style last week and it failed. Um, you know, we really want to see that be successful this week because this is really not a game that we can afford to drop anymore. No, we don't have that luxury at all. Um, the last week, two weeks has sort of cost us any, um, uh, you know, gap in uh, in dropping any games and we really need to win everything from here on in. Uh, and that's why I think the boys are going to be uh, really motivated this week. I think, uh, you know, maybe they didn't handle the... Uh, the pressure overly well of being uh, extreme favourites the last two weeks, and and I think they maybe believed a little bit of the hype and uh, ex- you know and expected just to come out and have their way. And I think they learn a valuable lesson that it's not going to be like that. So uh, we're coming up against Richmond that have only had five wins and uh, a twelfth on the ladder. So uh, we should be able to accommodate that quite uh, convincingly, in my opinion. I think the fact that we're playing Richmond as opposed to Essendon and Adelaide, we might just be able to get away with uh, one less tall. With Essendon and Adelaide, they pressured us so hard. And when you're being pressured so hard with a short side, then you end up bombing the ball onto the head of guys like Kane Mitchell and they've just got no chance. But I don't think Richmond have it in them to lay 92 tackles or whatever it was that Essendon laid last week. I don't think they've got that level of commitment. So maybe this is one game we can get away with it. Looks like Monfries comes out this week with a form-related uh, hamstring injury. <laughs> and uh, Sammy Gray has come back in. Do we expect any other changes from the interchange group? Well, Logan's in the 18, so he's confer- pretty much confirmed as an in. Yep. Which means probably Dom or Mitchell will drop out. Yep. And then... I'd like to see Newton in and Logan for Cassisi and Mitchell personally, but 
Newton hasn't has struggled to get a spot with Ken, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, that would probably be my ideal bench. Would be Young, Impey, Harlot, and Newton from that group. I would think. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for too, Macca. And uh, yeah, I think I wonder if the masses on the boards would be uh, uh, a bit more uh, subdued if uh, if we can uh, sacrifice a, a Mitchell um, for a Newton coming in and giving up that the. Uh, they might forgive the uh, that lack of tall presence coming into the side. He really should have come in last week with the uh, with the wet track, uh, yeah. Benny. But you know, probably a week too late. But you know, hopefully he can come in and, and do a bit of a job. It's going to be an interesting game. They've got a, a very very good midfield. That's where you know all their stars are pretty much. You know, Trent Cochin, Brett Delidio, Dustin Martin. It's it's a very very good uh, first string midfield group. Yeah, and that's the that's the worry for us, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, we didn't tag Delilio last year, and he uh, absolutely maimed us. So uh, we, I hope we learned from uh, our mistakes. And we really retain those three: as Delilio, Cochin, and uh, Martin. I just can't see uh, uh, where Richmond are really going to beat us. And uh, to be honest, it's a good thing that Matt Thomas is back in the side, as long as he doesn't annihilate one of our players. I'm a bit worried about Matt Thomas, actually. I feel like he's the sort of guy who's going to be, oh, I'm going to stick it up port for delisting me. He'll probably have the best game of his career and then be playing BFL in two weeks. Well, that's if he plays. He might not even play yet. They've been playing Thomas most weeks, haven't they? I think he was only out through injury. I don't think he was out through being dropped. I thought he got dropped. But you are right. It's going to be interesting, especially with Chappie there as well. Um, it'll be interesting. No, I'm not worried about Chappie. <laughs> No, I'm not worried about him either. I'm just, it'll be interesting to see if he uh, throws his arms around like he did against Schultz last year. But um, They do have a, a fairly tall defensive group, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays on someone like Westhoff or if he goes to someone like Robbie Gray or, or someone else that's a bit smaller. I've just got a really bad feeling about Matt Thomas. I think he's just going to take out a year's worth of frustration on us. <laughs> well, it's not like he didn't get a good run with Port Adelaide. Well, he didn't under Hinckley. No. Not that he... I'm not saying he should have been given more of a run, but he. I'm sure he doesn't feel the same way. So who worries you about Richmond in this current team? Dustin Martin. Well, he's the type of player that, unchecked, you know, has goal-scoring power, ball-winning ability, and um, can do the uh, uplifting, miraculous things. And... Uh, you know, he's he's one, I think, if he really gets on top. But he, he's such a bipolar character, isn't he? You know, it was a game a couple of weeks ago. Dominated a half of football, and then the next tough, he just dropped off and disappeared altogether. Um, you know, and so, I mean, I think it's just the cluster of three. You know, the Delidio, Koch, and Martin cluster. If you could control them, um, you know, the rest of the names are sort of just a, a licorice all sorts of... Uh, Mediocrity. So, um, you know, I think that's the challenge for us, containing their key three players. I'd like to play Jonas on Dustin Martin personally, but he's going to be stuck dealing with somebody 12 centimetres taller than him. Yeah, I'd like to see Ebert go up against Martin. That's not a bad idea, actually. Mm. Ebert could do what he did to Kennedy, because Martin is a good player, but he's not accountable. Yeah, I like that matchup. And then who would go to Cochin? I think Boke will go up against Cochin. I don't think we'll look to uh, to shut him down to start with. 
I'd have Kane on Cochin personally. Maybe Wyatt on Deledio and Kane on Cochin. I think they've oh. definitely got a forward line which could cause us issues. Um, I mean, Vickery, you never know what you're going to get with him, but even though he's been heavily criticised this year, he still averages two goals a game. Yeah. Um, Jack Rewalt is someone that absolutely tears us apart every time he plays on us. Um, you know, they do get quite a few goals from their midfield group. Um, if Sean Hampson comes in, uh, that's going to add another toll, which is going to be a bit of a problem for us, I think. Um, that's probably, whilst I do think that the midfield is going to be where it's going to be won or lost for us, um, I do think their forward line is going to cause us some issues this week, simply because I think we're going in that one toll undermanned. If we had Carlisle on Trengove, Carlisle on Rewalt and Trengove on Vickery and Jonas on Dustin Martin, then I feel like we'd have shut down their sort of three main scoring threats, but we don't have any of those matchups, so we have to win the midfield and make sure they can't get on top. So is there anything to read into the Mumphrey's uh, omission? Is it just a hamstring injury? Is it a is it a uh, asada related uh, mindset uh, injury, or is it just that he's not in very good form? Well, he might not be in good form because he was injured. We don't really know. He certainly hasn't been running around as much as he was at the start of the year, especially when we're going in a tall down. Guy like Monfries sort of acted as the link between the centres and the forwards so he didn't have to just bomb it in, but he hasn't been able to do that. So do you think that uh, there's any way that Mitchell will hold his spot in the side, boys? I think he's a big chance to hold his spot, but um, personally, I would have him drop this week. Um, but we know that Kenny likes him. Um, he has been playing regular footy, so yeah, there's every chance that he'll stay in the side. Let's get on to our top four questions. Uh, time to stand up. Rick, I'll start with you, mate. The Ebert man. I want Bradley to stand up, Macker. He's, uh, I think since the Sydney game, he has been below his best. And we need his line-running, goal-kicking best this weekend. Good call. Schulte? I think it's Westhoff just out of necessity. He's got to play three positions on his own this weekend, so better be up for it. Uh, for me, it's just the entire Port Adelaide Footy Club. I think the entire group has to stand up this week, from the coaching staff down to the leadership group, down to the sub Everyone that has anything at all to do with this week's match needs to be switched on and committed to getting the win before the season gets away from us. And the danger man, Schulte? Rick's going to laugh at me again, but I just, I've just got this nagging feeling that Matt Thomas is going to kill us and it's not going to shake me until the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be bad if he kicked a winner? <laughs> well, Ben uh. Jacobs bloody kicked the goal that put North in front, didn't he? That was worse than Matt Thomas. Yeah, don't remind us. Screw Where's Tango? You should be bleeping that out. Yeah, yeah I can't be bothered getting up to get Tango <laughs> off the floor. Otherwise, yeah, I'd get Tango. That's just outrageous. It is. Rick, your danger man? My danger man would be outside of the umpires, reaming us once again away from Adelaide, would... I'm going to stick with Delidio. I just really don't want him getting 40 uh, possessions on his own. <laughs> and it will hurt us immensely. 
All right, my danger man this week is going to be Jack Rewalt, only because he averages more goals per game against Port than any club except for GWS, and that's only because he just kicked, you know, a dozen goals against them a few weeks back. He's kicked 15 goals in the last three matches against Port Adelaide, and he's won Brownlow votes in all three. And we've tried Chaplin and Carlisle on him for minimal result in the last couple of years. Um, so who goes to him now? Do we try the physical Jonas uh, to try and put him off his game a little bit? Or do we go with Homps who can keep up with him and who we know is a fantastic spoiler of the footy? I think whoever goes to him, um, I think Rewalt holds the key to Richmond winning this game. We did try Jonas on him last year in the first quarter and that didn't work at all. But I think... No. We might just have to play Jonas on him out of necessity because otherwise he's going to be playing on Vickery or Hampson who are both 12 centimetres taller than him. Whereas yeah. at least Homsch and O'Shea are at least above 190 even if they're not sort of Trangove tall. And the key to winning, Rick? Play some half-decent footy with some proper skills, Maka. Um, as we saw last week, our skills were deplorable. Our, our set... Shot kicking wasn't refined at all, and uh, our delivery to anybody was just way off the mark. So, I'd be hope- hoping our skill set is a lot higher. And uh, if we deliver the ball with a bit more um, precision, I think that will be our key to winning. Nice, Schulte. We've got, I know I've said it, I think about three times now, but we've got to win the midfield, or we're just with this structure, they will tear us apart. We have to not just break even, but convincingly win the midfield, the midfield, because they're going to win the forward line and they're probably going to win the defence. Yeah, for me, it's being able to get our running game going. I think, unlike last last week, the conditions are going to suit how we want to try and play footy. Um, so if, if we can find space, if we can get our handball game going, I think we'll be able to control the game pretty well. Rick, put your balls on the line, son. 23 points. 23 points. Like it. Easy. Schultze? We'll win, but only because we're playing Richmond. <laughs> yeah, um, by how many points? Oh, close. Ten. Yeah, I'm going to say Jeez. nine points. I reckon I think it's going to be a Jeez. close one. You guys are pussies. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the last two weeks, I think it's fair. Oh, rubbish. We came, we came up against oh. two teams that were absolutely desperate, fighting for their lives, and obviously our boys didn't find it fundamentally fight-worthy to try and maintain top spot and obviously went in a little bit easier. Richmond don't have that same fight. They're just stuck in that mid-table with nothing to achieve and more to, achieve, uh, more to have by failing than succeeding as per normal for them, so... I uh, I think it's uh, a game that we should be very confident about. All right, well, let's talk about the SANFL. It's Port versus North Adelaide this Saturday at Albert and Oval. Uh, the last time we met was in round eight, where we won by 26 points at Prospect, uh, with Johnny Butcher kicking five that day. Um, how do we see this game? It looks like we've got a lot of our, our key players back in the side this week. Plenty. Plenty. That's all that Paul matters. Stewart, Stewie, Maury, Jake Johansson for his first game this year as well. I'm really excited that Moore's back in the side. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really want him pushing for first team selection, so I'm hoping that he can have a big outing this week. Yeah, he's the missing key in my opinion to our AFL side. That is, he could almost be a key defender this week. That's a big call. <laughs> Where was the boom boom? Boom boom. Yeah, and that was my joke for the night. There you go. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> That's your joke for the night. That was my joke to, for the if night. If you have to tell people it's a joke, then it's not a very good joke. That was my accountant's <laughs> joke for the night. Oh, dear. There's nothing you think right. someone like, a, like Needle drop back in. He's listed as yeah. an out, but you would think he'd come back into that side as well. There's nothing really to be gained from playing Dom in the SANFL, is there? No. So do we all want to see Butcher kick another five goals this week? I want to see Mason Shaw kick another five goals this week. That'd be fantastic. And if Butcher can kick another five goals as well, that'd be great. That would mean we'll win by a very large margin, I would think. And then we'll still pick Hitchcock next week instead. Absolutely. Steady on. <laughs> Even on our list anymore. <laughs> but isn't he injured at the moment or is he back from injury? He was assessed. Did he get picked? If he's not uh, this week, he'll no, be back next he's week. Not, he's not listed. Well, Ken will rush him uh, straight back in next week. Doesn't need the SNFL. He's perpetually I actually, I actually like Hitchcock. I think it's just a shame that he can't take that next step up. I think, you know, he's actually got some very good skills as a footballer, but he, he, every time he just gets up to the highest level, his, his body just can't handle the impact. I think he's it's a ev- bit of a shame. I think he's every bit as good as Sam Gray, and Sam Gray's played seven or eight games for us this year but yeah. as you said you can't stay get enough consistent form up to sort of be realistically considered for selection yeah you know but I am hoping that Brendan Archie can continue his football he's had over the last month absolutely he's had, he's had a great month of footy and hopefully that can continue Stevie Summerton it's his 150th game this week um, he burst onto the scene at 18 years old uh, in 2006 and became a key midfielder in 2007. And he hasn't really looked back since then. How have we seen his career? Could you imagine this time last year uh, that Stephen Summerton would be the captain of the power reserves team? Not at all. Not after his rant on Facebook. I think that was a very important one-club signing to sort of let some of the Magpies Forever types know that we're still the PAFC. So what about Paul Stewart? He's coming back. Where's he at? Great to have him back. I think where's he at? I think he's going to struggle to stay on the list next year. He'll either be delisted or he'll seek out free agency, I would think. Mm. There's a lot of talk that the Crows are interested in him. It's a bit of a shame. I'd like to keep Paul on the list, but to be honest, he'd be mad if he didn't go somewhere where he'd get more regular games because there are plenty of clubs where he would get more regular games. Yeah. But is it, I mean, really, when he's played enough to show that he deserves to be a starting a 22 player, I mean, if, was, he, if, he was that, if he was that good, he would have cemented a spot inside. He was best 22 for us until Ken Inkley came along. Yeah. Yeah, which means when we, when we were a bottom past, team, well, but pl- if he, if he goes to... Past if he goes to St Kilda or Brisbane, they don't have the quality of players that we do, and he would still be in their best twenty-two, just like he was in our best twenty-two when we were crap. Yeah, I don't think I mean, he's ever going to make a best twenty-two of a 
of a top four side. But, you know, he's been in fantastic form this year in the SANFL and he's been pretty unlucky not to get more games at AFL level this year. And I definitely think that if he was to go to a you know, bottom four or a bottom six club that he would play, you know, 22 games a year, as as you said, Schultzy, as he did with us. But look, the last thing that I want to—the last thing that I want to bring up—is uh, is something that I just posted on the boards not that long ago. It was only about half an hour ago, um, which is an article written by Caroline Wilson um, today, um, where it um, states that Ian Collins uh, predicted that Port Adelaide would go broke in three years under the Adelaide Oval deal. Um, she also states that um, the SANFL wanted to turf Keith Thomas because um, there was a lot of animosity there from the SANFL and he was challenging aspects of the Adelaide Oval contract. Um, when is, when, when's this? When did they want to turf Keith Thomas? Last year. Right. And when did Collins come out with this statement? Uh, not that long ago. Is that the actual current agreement or is that the first proposed agreement? That's the first proposed agreement. Okay. Well, with the smoke, there's fire. I mean, we all know that the the agreement isn't perfect at the moment, and uh, you know, both the Power and the Crows are, are sort of been releasing or leaking information to uh, uh, to suggest that uh, nothing is what it appears to be. Yeah, you know, and I think this is probably just another another vehicle, maybe from Port Adelaide, who Caroline's been a great advocate of over the last couple of years to try and get that message out now that the talks are on. But, I mean, we're only getting, what, one hundredth of probably the truth in the in the media or what's actually fact at the moment. But what we're receiving doesn't seem to be overly pleasant, does it, in relation to the returns for the crowds that we're actually generating. Um, we are predicting a, probably a loss, but hopeful of a break-even result, which is just insane when you consider all the growth that we've had this year in terms of memberships, corporate support. We can't make money um, at this ground with nearly 100,000 people, you know, average between our two clubs. That's just ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous. Wasn't it a ridiculous conflict of interest in that first paragraph talking about Keith Thomas being SANFL wanting to shunt him out for doing his job and arguing for the best interests of the power. Well, the SANFL held our license, but were then arg- bargaining against us. It's just a ridiculous state of affairs. I can't believe it went on for so long. Well, I guess it's the whole mentality that the SANFL doesn't give a shit about the AFL, and the SANFL they really care about is just making money. That's all it is. And the problem is that what it, all it's doing is, is actually making the SANFL lazy. Um, they're not really trying to develop their own game properly, but all they're trying to do is just sponge money off the uh, off the AFL sides, which they believe is their divine right. Wanting to sack was, Keith Thomas for doing his job. Well, I mean, they can't sack anybody now because it's not their licence anymore, or soon to be. But and I mean, I know I got a few friends that are very diehard SANFL and might be disgusted by my comments here, but you know, I mean, it's time that they um, they just sort of grow up and get out of the AFL shadows, so to speak, and become accountable for their for their own development of a league instead of just sponging money. And we've got to really go back to the government of the time and go, what the hell were you guys doing? 
giving all this power to the SANFL and the quasi-SANFL through the SMA. I mean, it was the perfect opportunity for the government to provide us fans and supporters with pretty much a clean stadium between the AFL sides, uh, a perfect opportunity to become excessively competitive in the AFL system. But instead, they seem to have made a very quick and rash decision. Hmm. Well, considering the amount of fans of the AFL clubs compared to the fans of the SANFL clubs, I don't understand why the government would do that. It's not exactly going to be a popular state of affairs. Well, is it? Or will the fans just just wash over and not think twice about it? It's all about the money. It is. And like I said, the SANFL, they don't give a shit. The SANFL supporters don't give a shit. You know, why do you think the Crows, um, you know, two weeks ago were asking North Adelaide to, to do the presentation in the North Adelaide club rooms? Because I think even the Crows are realising that they've, they're disenfranchised from what was supposed to be their supporter base, which was leveraging off the SANFL. Yeah, and they're starting to realise that even they've separated from the SANFL supporter base, and so they're trying to they're trying to get back into the in bed with it. And it's because the SANFL clubs are saying, you know what, screw you. And I, I just think that animosity that we had in the late '80s, it's still there, live and strong. And it's uh, it's just getting worse, and they're probably that's what they want. They want our AFL clubs being uh, inferior and whatever. They don't care. They just want money. And then what will happen is they'll siphon all the money out to the point where we're non-competitive, and the people won't want to go because people don't like watching people uh, footy teams lose. And then we won't make money, and then they'll be going, oh, well, that's their fault. They're not making money. I think after tonight. We should ban the SANFL being discussed on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's a pity for the magpies. Oh, I'm talking about the SANFL bureaucracy. Oh, okay. I mean, but what are we going to do? Are we going to go, oh, we'll go back to Footy Park? Oh, that's owned by the SANFL as well. Tail wax the dog in the state. So, you know, what do you do? You can't, well, we're going to say, oh, we'll go play at Alvin. Go play in China, perhaps. Let's do it. Yeah. Hong Kong magpies. <laughs> Thanks, Macca. You fired me up now. This evening, eh? <laughs> Good. I woke you up. All right. Schulte, thanks for coming on again, mate. Thanks for having me on. I think this is the first time I've done an actual preview or review. The other times I've just been doing the recruitment podcasts that pop up now and again. Good stuff. And Rick, as always, buddy. Pleasure. Go to power. Camport. Carports. Goes forward again for Port Adelaide. No laughing matter for the ruse. Treadray. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, Treadray! Party time! And thank you very much.